Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this holographic reality, that you are able to bring yourself to a state of peace and calm whenever you feel less than that, whenever you feel depressed or sad or anxious, fearful, afraid, uh, anything that is less than being completely at ease and at peace and comfortable with everything in your life. The simple solution that I found that I use all the time is just to sit in silence for a few minutes with my eyes closed and I just focus on my crown chakra and I use mindfulness to focus on my breathing. I'm just breathing in, breathing out, taking in oxygen, blowing out carbon dioxide, however you want to think about it. That seems to bring me to a calmer state of mind pretty quickly. That whole um, anxiety thing that we all have been feeling, it's easily abated if you can just sit mindfully and just breathe. Just focus on the simplest of things. I like to think about my... um, crown chakra or my third eye chakra. Usually I I work with my crown and then all my energy will end up just be being focused there. And then I just feel it immediately that illumination, um, feeling where it just kind of lights up like a light bulb, a bright white light bulb. And it kind of, I expand it and it kind of envelops the rest of my chakras. Eventually I grow up really big and it just kind of burns up. It's so bright like the sun and it burns up all the, um, negative energy or feelings, yucky feelings, depression, um, feelings. I mean, it's not a way to cure depression hundred percent, right? You got to keep doing it every day. You can eventually cure depression and more with this method is very simple. It's deceptively simple. And if you don't know exactly how to imagine like a sun sitting on top of your head, go outside, close your eyes, face the sun on a bright sunny day and feel it. Tilt your face slightly 
to the sky towards the sun with your eyes closed and you could even pull the energy of the sun in through your eyelids and when you do that just imagine that light is filling your whole body I did that today and yesterday then I turned my back to the sun and I have the sun uh, make sure the sun absorbs into my hair my hair absorbs that light your your hair is an antenna to the universe and if it's longer you're going to have more ability to absorb the sunlight um it's kind of a native american tradition several uh tribal or indigenous peoples around the world have this in their knowledge base that this is real that you uh, can bring in energy through your hair it's like filaments or strands of I don't know, um, energy or whatever. And it's on other levels, you know, like everything that you see and feel is, you know, anything you could touch here has a higher octave in other dimensions. You know, we're multi-dimensional beings. We have just, not just this body and then that's it. We have our soul, which we can't physically see. And we've got other layers to us. So I have noticed that there was a lot of mental and emotional, even spiritual pressure for today. Today was 11-11. I even put it on a little bit of pressure on us yesterday when I read a couple blurbs about what today is and what it means. And when I woke up this morning, I felt this overwhelming dread and fear and anxiety and I've been trying to just get rid of this all day and I realized about an hour into feeling this like what the hell is this I I went to bed excited and happy thinking I can't wait to just bask in the glory and the glow (laughs) of 11-11-2020 like this is going to be incredible I looked at my clock at 11.12 today and went, oh man, I'm a minute late and a dollar short. (laughs) And then I looked at my, I looked at my tablet, you know, to see the time twice today, once at 3.33 and once at 4.44. And I thought, well, that's really special. But the pressure of today was overwhelming. And I feel like a lot of people half expected to hear from their twin flames and did not. And there's like that disappointment energy. And so I'm going to address that in a minute. Uh, But the anxiety that I felt today was from my twin directly. And I feel like he felt pressure and he's not ready, you know, to contact me. So I felt like he felt pressure and a little sadness that we're not already together but also pressure and an overwhelming anxiety because when you're not ready to do something, you don't want to do something. Then you feel pressure to do it. It's like even more anxiety. It's, you know, it's kind of um, overwhelming. And I don't know if, you know, this was in all of the divine masculines, I can't say for sure, but I do know that I felt it in him. And then for a brief moment, 
He had no anxiety at all, and he ate a Texas ruby red grapefruit because my whole room smelled like it. <laughs> and I could taste it in my mouth, and the, that uh, bitter, sour um, taste was on my lips just for a couple seconds, and I could kind of taste it and smell it, and then all of a sudden it was gone. But I was like, you're eating a grapefruit, aren't you? And telepathically, he's like, yeah, how did you know? He started laughing like he got caught. I caught him eating a grapefruit. I'm like, you love grapefruit. And he's like, I do. I'm like, I do too. That's like so strange. So that was my <laughs> experience today. But that anxiety was overwhelming. And I think he feels like a pressure, uh, like he has to contact me, which is good. Contact me. Then you won't have the pressure. You won't feel the anxiety of having to contact me when you can't, when you, you know, when you've already done it, pressure's off. (laughs) It's that energy of like you have a task to do and you can't get to it. And the more it gets away from you, you know, the more you can't do it. You don't have the time or the inclination. You don't want to, I don't want to energy and you know, you have to. Oh, that pressure that creates anxiety quite a bit. A lot of people that go to a job that they don't like every single day, uh, have that dread and anxiety every single day. And some days it gets so overwhelming. You just got to call in sick. And that's when you spend 20 minutes, you get up earlier than normal (laughs) and practice that. I'm sorry, I can't come in. You know, you just like try to practice with your voice without laughing. (laughs) And how crappy you you feel, even though you don't, you just, the only crappy energy you feel is that you need a mental health day because your anxiety is overwhelming. But I did feel this pressure and I, and all day long, I felt this pressure of should I light a candle? Should I do a ceremony? It's like 11, 11. Everyone says it's a freaking portal. And I was getting ready to record the show. And for two hours, I sat here thinking, what the flock am I going to talk about? I have no idea. I have no inclination to do the show. I don't know what's going on. I feel all this pressure. I feel all this anxiety. And normally I can't wait to get to the show or I'm excited about it. Or even if I feel like Ugh, it's another chore I got to do. But then once I get into it, I'm like, yes, baby. Actually, I love doing my show. You know, the resistance was something else. Right. And today I just sat there for two hours. Like I need to take a week off. I, I'm burned out. You know, I know I do. I, I really do. And not only that, I've been thinking that, um, I just like, maybe I shouldn't do today. And then I felt pressure. If I don't do today, then I got to do two tomorrow. And then I got to play catch up. Then I'm going to be upset until I play catch up. And just like last week. And that was like ridiculous. And so I'm like, okay, I just sat down and buckle down and do it. And now that I'm here, I'm fine. But, uh, the anxiety for me has been overwhelming. And like about an hour before I started this, uh, introduction, I had the realization that, and this is going to be overwhelmingly controversial in this spiritual and new age communities, but I have a little secret to tell you guys is that today is not a fricking portal. None of the days we call a portal and put pressure on ourselves is a portal. Somebody made this bullshit up like 
I don't know when, a year ago, five years ago, who the hell knows, who the hell cares. But today, just because we call it 11-11-2020, it really doesn't mean jack shit, just to be honest, because not only is time an illusion, the Gregorian calendar is made up by a man called Pope Gregory. And, you know, if he had never come along, today might have been the 23rd or the 13th or God knows what. Because before he came along, we had a 13 moon calendar. We had a 13 month moon month calendar because there are in a yearly cycle, 13 full moons and 13 new moons, you know, and that's, what's real, you know, how, you know, we go around the sun and the, you know, different planets are in different constellations. We can see different constellations depending upon where on the globe we're at and where our earth is positioned at that time. That's what's real. But this whole arbitrary thing of it's six o'clock. No, it's not. We fell back. It's five o'clock. That's bullshit. The daylight savings time is absolute asinine. A lot of people are trying to abolish it now. Some states are like, you know, we're not going to follow that crap anymore. It makes no sense. Emotionally adjust to the fact that the sun's going to go down an hour earlier than it did in the summer. I mean, come on. Everybody can emotionally adjust to that. If the farmers need to get up an hour early, that's on them. If they want to work an hour less per day, that's on them. If they want to use the lights on their damn tractors, that's on them. We shouldn't have to do this to ourselves every year. Half, you know, half the year we are on the standard time and half the year we're on the savings time. And all of it is bullshit because, you know, it's the same amount of hours in a day, according to the fake ass clocks that we created (laughs) it's also arbitrary and I think that was like a pressure that I felt that and I was wondering where it came from and finally I was like oh that's where this is coming from this isn't November 11th or 11-11 in reality world it only is because we all decided to agree that Pope Gregory was the end all be all soothsayer of time and he's not he was just some damn man he did not create the heavens and the earth he created a freaking calendar and forced it upon everybody and it's always upset me and confused me as to why we have the Islamic calendar and the Chinese have the Chinese calendar and all these calendars throughout the world and none of them even like remotely I think even Jewish people have a calendar like maybe is Israelis somebody told me this once maybe somebody I knew from Israel was telling me that they're on a different calendar system somebody some maybe maybe from that part of the world maybe it was um a country near Israel I don't remember now but I remember that even somebody told me yeah we're 
we have a totally different calendar system too. And I've heard it from three or four different people. You know, and I think, I think that the, in the Jewish faith, like Rosh Hashanah, I don't think is on the same exact day every year, for example. And I think that's where I got that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You know, and I just feel like, and, and now it makes sense, right? Cause it, it makes sense to follow the cycles of the heavens, <laughs> you know, to create what we're, you know, accepting as time passages of time. You know, Christmas always coincides with the, um, the eclipse and I'm not the eclipse. I'm sorry. The, um, solstice, the solstice on the 21st of December. It's always four days after, you know, it's always on the 25th every year, but, um, you know, like certain days and dates are always the same every year, but at the same time, like we don't always have like everything is so screwed up. Like you'd think that on Christmas day, that everything's going to be the same and everything's all perfect. Like clockwork. Then the sun would always set at the exact same time every Christmas day, but it doesn't because everything is always in, in flux according to reality world versus the Gregorian calendar system that we all chose. And because of the, we're missing a moon every year. It's a 13 moon cycle you know, and then there's the whole speeding up and slowing down of days in a calendar month just to make up for it. And it still doesn't ever really make up for it. We've got the, um, 28th day on, you know, in February, but then every four years, it's the 29th day of February leap year. And then we've got some days are 30 days. Some days are 31 days. It's all bullshit. It doesn't work. And that's what was bothering me today. I'm like, this does not feel like any particular, particularly special day other than the fact that it's another day under the sun. We get to live on this glorious planet that was created to, you know, created for us by the prime creator so that we can learn to love ourselves and know ourselves in a completely different way. But I mean, other than that, it wasn't that much of a special day. It wasn't like I really feel the energy of today. And I was bothered by the fact that I didn't feel anything special today until I realized, oh crap, it's the Gregorian calendar thing again, where we're arbitrarily, you know, assuming something that's just not so. And I started asking God, I'm like, are any days specific days because they're numbers or sequences of numbers? Does that actually mean a portal? And God's like, no, because <laughs> I'm like, it seems like if it had been, if it was actually real, then I would have been hearing about that since I was a little kid. At the very least, I would have been hearing it through the weekly world news or yeah, the weekly, yeah, the weekly world news or the um, National Enquirer or any number of crazy magazines or gossip rags that are there on the end caps while you're waiting in line at the grocery store to check out. Because when I was a kid, every single week we would go to the store and every week the headlines were, you know, 
uh, eclipses coming. Could it be the end of the world? The apocalypse now, you know, like I heard that crap since I was a kid. And at first I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then after like a couple of weeks of noticing it, I was like, this is BS. That's not true. It's not going to happen. You know, is California going to fall into the sea? That was like a big thing. You know, California is going to fall into the ocean. Well, I've been alive 52 years. Hasn't happened yet. Parts of it, you know, parts of the coastline erode like normal, like everywhere in the world. But no, the whole of California did not fall into the sea. Arizona is not beachfront property. That should be the damn headline, right? <laughs> but all this stuff that I grew up hearing, you would think that I would have heard of, this is a portal. Oh my God, the portal of the 1111. And I don't know who made this up, who first coined the phrase, this is a portal. You know, oh, it's 2-2, two, two, it's a portal. Oh, it's 3-3, three, three, it's a portal. You know, and a couple times I've said it too, you know, like, well, supposedly this is what they say. This is a portal, la, la, la. And, and the more I think about it, the more I realize it's just super arbitrary and random. You know, just because there's two numbers in a row doesn't mean it, it's actually a portal because these numbers are arbitrary and random. It's not like the sun is so at such and such a position in the sky. And, you know, that would be more of a portal, you know, like the, the, uh, ancient sites around the world that when it's a certain day or a certain time of year and you see the sun just line ever so slightly up with that pyramid or up with that stonehenge or you know whatever it's lining up with you know that hole that was carved in a sacred wall that was built and then the next year here it comes again and it might not fall on the exact same date, but it does fall, uh, you know, 13 moons later, 13 new moons later, 13 quarter moons later, or 13, you know, whatever moons later. And I think that the number 12 became very, very special because Jesus had 12 disciples. But what the Pope Gregory had completely missed was that there were 13 men. The travel together, Jesus and his 12 followers, 13, 13 moons. There's a significance there. And, you know, to forget the most important one. And then the number 13 became very, um, very uh, dangerous or scary. And people became very afraid of it. And then when it fell on a Friday, oh my God. You know, and then there's, of course, the Valentine's Day was it the Valentine's Day massacre that was on the 14th of February but you know like the Knights Templar there was like something to do with the number 13 there there's been a lot of stories where people were afraid of the number 13 which now is known as Triskaidekaphobia is being afraid of the number 13 but you know it's like every 13 moons maybe something would occur but I don't really think this is a portal day. I mean, it's special. 11, 11, 20, 20 is special. I think more special is going to be 22, 20, 20, you know, cause it's four twos. But, and everyone's also ignoring the zeros. Like the zeros are literally nothing, but everything came from the no thing. 
God being the no thing, then the fool is the zero card in the tarot because it is the nothing. He is still in the realm of the no thing, the nothing. Nothing's been created yet. He's setting off on a fool's errand or a fool's journey because he doesn't know what he's going to find. He always has God at his heels, or in this case, dog, the opposite. So the mirror world is created. Boom, there it is. And now um, you go into card number one, the magician, where you're now heaven and earth. You're creating earth with your power from the heaven. Boom, you're creating your world. You're creating your reality. That's, that's what it is. I mean, the Holy Tarot, the major arcana is a story of the life of humans. That's all it is. I don't know. These are the thoughts I've had today. I I've been depressed today and trying to fight the depression and anxiety ridden today, knowing it wasn't mine. I don't even know that the depression was fully mine because I overall feel very, um, positive about my life overall today, not so much. And I don't know if that was completely from me or not. Although I had to keep reminding myself of all the things I'm going to be doing and all the, you know, all the places I know I'm heading. I mean, I keep having, like, there's a house that I love that I really want to live in. I really want to own it. And I keep seeing myself there, you know, but I've also seen myself in other houses and other places in the future. And I think I'm going to be in all these places, you know, obviously not at once. <laughs> I'm not talking about by location, <laughs> although that can happen too someday, maybe, but I feel like I have a really brilliant future ahead. And then today I was like super discouraged because I didn't feel it. I didn't know it. I didn't, I was like doubting. I was having doubts today. And I, I just have to keep reminding myself. I have like a list of things I'm going to do and I'm, and I'm, I'm depressed because I can't, I'm like having to wait. I have about another week before the Mercury shadow period is completely gone. Cause I just, I mean, I'm still making spelling mistakes and, you know, reading and rereading and rereading something three, four five times. And the next thing I know, I send it out, whether it's a message or a post or a comment or just a text message to somebody and I'm still forgetting information. I'm misspelling things and the misspellings. Sometimes the words are really bad, <laughs> like actual bad words or, or they'll have a meaning in the context. I used it. That makes it extremely bad, but that's not what I meant at all. It's not even the word I wanted to write. I mean, I don't know if you guys use the slide pad on your, um, keyboards, but the word, for example, from, sometimes comes out as the word getting and put that in the wrong sentence. And that's really bad. It could be very bad. I don't know. It doesn't sound bad when I, when I ex- it describe it, but boy, I mean, there's I mean, times where it'll come out sounding just really embarrassingly bad. Makes me sound like a terrible person. Sometimes some, when these words do this, and then I go back and fix it. And then it's like, oh, okay, it's not, not bad at all. The way I meant it to be not, 
that at all. Anyway, I had uh, horribly anxiety-ridden dreams all night, which is not at all like me. I kept having a dream that um, that I kept trying to go to bed, and my bed was <clears throat> like one or two stories above the floor, and it was a very rinkety-dink, rinky-dink sort of metal frame. And there was no boards going across the frame so that the minute I lay in the bed, the bed's going to sag and fall through and then I'm going to plummet to my death. That was a dream over and over and over again. I like wake up and like, what the hell? And then go back to sleep. That was my dream again. And I was wanting to lay on this bed next to my daughter because she needed me and wanted my company and she didn't want to be alone. And every time I tried to lay in this bed, I knew I was going to die. So I had to like, just stay up all night and, and just watch her and talk to her from the scaffolding that I was standing on because, you know, it's just super normal to have your bedroom <laughs> three floors up or two floors up from the actual floor in this giant room. I mean, it was like the most ridiculous, really ridiculous dream, you know, but my daughter and I started talking again, uh, recently and, and, um, getting to kind of know each other and what's going on in each other's lives again. Even though, I mean, we, every like month or so we kind of check in, but, um, just the past three days, she and I've been just little itty bitty conversations again. So, um, I don't know. It's just every, it feels like things in the world are up in the air. Things in my life are up in the air. Um, I've been having pressure from some people in my family to come back to the United States. And I'm like, like, but why though? Like, I'm not, I wasn't happy there. My brother wants me to come live in Colorado. And I'm like, I really, I love Colorado. It's too cold, too hard for me to breathe with the cold, you know, living in snowy conditions. I love that. But with asthma and now that pre-existing conditions are not protected and they've gotten rid of the only insurance that I would have been able to have my medicine. I don't know. It's cost me $300 a month to get my inhaler there. And I've go, have to go to the, you know, the pharmacy after the doctor and every month make a new appointment. And it's just a big pain in the ass here. All I do is walk two blocks and buy my $10 inhaler in the U S it's like, $300. And if I pay for insurance, which I always get denied for insurance, but if I, you know, all the times I've been quoted insurance, it's close to a thousand dollars a month because I have a quote unquote pre-existing condition. It's stupid. Give me my two damn inhalers, the occasional prednisone, and I will never end up in the hospital. I mean, for seven years I've been traveling in Central and South America, and I've never had an issue. I just walk into a pharmacy, buy what I need, bada boom, bada bing. It's normal, you know. <laughs> in the United States, everything is so controlled, and there's such a lack of freedom there that I can't, I can't purchase my medicine. It's, you know, it's like, oh gee, would you look at that? You have asthma yet one more time. It's like, yeah, I was born with it. 52 whole years I've had it. 
do you think that next year I'll have it too? (laughs) It's like, like literally the laws are set up that I have to, or the way the doctors set it up is like, they want to have the power and authority over me to tell me that I have the disease that I know I have. It's genetic. It's just in this physical body and it gets worse, you know, of course with emotion, like every other disease, but you know, even when I control my emotions, I still have uh, moments where I need to take the inhaler, you know, like for example, when the volcano hair goes off (laughs) or the eucalyptus trees are blooming again, or my adorable kitty cat decides to roll around in the pile of dirt that I was just sweeping on the patio and then jumping into my arms, (laughs) which she did today. Anyway, I I just, um, this isn't really a big message other than if you guys felt a massive amount of pressure for today or any other day that all these so-called spiritual teachers and gurus are saying, oh, it's a portal, be prepared, and whatever emotion you have on that day will set the tone for the rest of your life. <laughs> like if if you have any kind of anxiety, well you're screwed, dude. Twenty-six thousand years more on the wheel of karma. Ha! Sucks to be you, pal. <laughs> All right, no one's actually saying that, but it's it's kind of like the implication, and then the spiritual like implications are put in the pressure of. If you don't do your homework, you're not going to graduate. If you don't feel that exact emotion during this random arbitrary bullshit portal that Pope Gregory made up hundreds of years ago. If you don't feel it exactly on this exact moment. It's been bugging me. Like three or four people started to say things like this. And I'm like, I don't know. It's not sitting right with me. Why isn't that sitting right with me? The whole portal idea sounded like bullshit to me the first time I heard of it. I'm not saying that portals don't exist and that there aren't certain times that are more powerful than others. The veil is thinned during this time during the end of October, beginning of November. And on certain days, the veil seems to be a little bit thinner than others. And it's not always on a Halloween. Exactly. Sometimes it's before, sometimes it's even a couple days after day of the dead, but it's always around this time of year. And I noticed it even on the third and the fourth and the fifth of this year. I mean, I'd like see, I, I was seeing like people walking through my room walking up and down my stairs. I saw a guy like walk down my stairs, like reading a book and then a woman passing him and not even paying attention to him. And it was just like a split fraction of a second. And then, then it was like gone. And then I saw like swirly energies and I was like, well, that was weird. I mean, it's happening all the time. It's just when we're more, we're more, uh, more likely to notice it or see it is this time of year. And now the, now the veil's becoming thicker, supposedly. There's not an actual veil. It doesn't become thin or thick. That sounds stupid when you say it like that and really think about the words and what it means. But in reality world, it's... Um, I don't know what exactly is happening, but I've got to think about it a little bit more before I 
speculate exactly as to why we see ghosts at this time of the year. And it's been it's been for hundreds of years. It's been written about, you know, hundred year over a hundred years ago, in the early 1900s and even in the 1800s, maybe even before that. This was written about, you know. So it's not like the idea of the portal between the worlds on 11/11, you know, like um, this. I don't know. I didn't feel I yesterday or the day before. I did feel an energy. But I feel like it has nothing to do with the actual calendar date. It's something to do with this time of year. Maybe the way the solar energy is and the polarity of the planet and the magnetism. And, you know, it's it's got to do with something other than a number on a piece of paper. <laughs> You know, like, ooh, it's March 3rd. It's a 33 portal. Ooh, it's so magical. No, it's a number on a piece of paper. It's more magical when you walk outside and you meet someone randomly and you say, how old are you? And they say, I'm 33. And you're like, whoa, that's weird. And then you're uh, going to a convention center because you got an extra job and you're working as a cater waiter at a specific event and you find out what is the event. Oh, it's a after party for the Masons who, who had a Scottish rite and someone got their 33rd degree. Well, that's weird. Heard the word 33 twice in a day. Oh, and then I went to the mall and I saw a guy wearing a t-shirt said 33, like a football Jersey. Well, that was the third time today. That's strange. Looked at my clock. It was 3.33. Oh my God, something must be happening. That's more of a portal for you. That's more of a special magical moment than just March 3rd. Unless that's like your birthday, obviously. I I, I, I just, I don't know. Am I wrong? You know, write me at uh, mermaidgirl888 on Instagram if you think I'm wrong about this. You know, but I just feel like it's a random number on a piece of paper. And we're allowing a man who was a Pope in the Catholic faith, which is a blood and ritualistic cult, <laughs> rule our lives every single day of our entire lives. We have allowed this, this jerk in the past to rule over us by everyone having to coordinate on the days he made. I mean, think about that for a minute, you know? It's good we all share a calendar, but at the same time, we don't share a calendar with every human on Earth because the Chinese people have the Chinese calendar. They call it the lunar calendar. My friend who is Korean, her parents only go by the Korean calendar. It's a Korean lunar calendar, and it's not the same days or dates as a Chinese calendar, I don't believe. They start their, their year on a different, in a different month, I think. And like, I mean, like my friend said, it could vary six weeks in either direction of when she believes her mother's birthday is. And her mother gets mad at her because she never knows when the hell her mother's birthday is. My birthday was last week. Why didn't you make it? She's like, what are you talking about? Just tell me the stupid day, the normal day. She always says, like, tell me the normal day your, your mom's birthday is. 
This makes no sense. It's just like, well, if you fall under our, our normal calendar that our people have followed for thousands of years, then you would always know when my birthday is, right? You know, it's like, why did we allow this guy, this random guy in the Catholic Church to tell us what day it was? And then why are we allowing new agey spiritual brand new people to the spiritual movement saying it's a portal. Ooh, like if you don't do something on a certain, you know, if you don't think about this, you know, if you don't light a blue candle and spin around naked three times while holding your cap backwards in the mirror, then my God, you're not going to be happy for the next 30 years. You blew it. Oh, well, it was nice knowing you can't be friends, block and delete you. I'm sorry. It's not that bad, but that's, that's, kind of <laughs> it's just kind of the energies that I've been feeling lately, you know, from people, not from me. And, and, and I just feel like, you know what guys, if you were happy today, great. If you were sad today, I'm sorry, but you know what? It's going to get better. If you were angry today, remember it's a hurt, the underlying hurt. It's a bandaid over hurt. Uncover the anger, take it off like a band-aid, rip it off, see what the hurt is and see what you can do to fix it or mend from it if you can't fix it, you know, but whatever you had today, whatever emotion you had today, don't beat yourself up if it wasn't like the perfect emotion you expected to have. I mean, I'm a Virgo. I mean, you know, if we're told we're not going to, um, make it, if we don't have a specific emotion, you know, the first emotion we as Virgos have is we wake up and we fucking worry all day. That's all. That's how, that's what happens. Nothing more. (laughs) I don't think I'm doing it right. I don't think I'm feeling happy, right? I'm not happy enough. I should have been happy at 70% or more. And I was only happy at 69%. Oh my God. I must be going to hell for the rest of my life now. It's like, it's, it's an, a ridiculous amount of pressure and it's completely and totally stupid and arbitrary. It's not real. You get to decide your own reality. Anyway, you're the construct, you know, the constructing force behind your own reality, you know, like God created the greater reality, but you get to experience your reality every single day and you get to choose and decide for yourself what your reality is going to be like. And you should probably think about the consequences first and back engineer what you want to do. (laughs) Um, I talked to somebody today and it was most stupid and ridiculous conversation. Um, I feel bad for the guy, but everything that happened in his life in the past several years was a hundred percent and totally and completely his fault. And it all started with, okay, he's Afghanistan. He's from Afghanistan. He's Afghani. And so I guess somebody offered him a job or he inquired about a job working for the American army, which goes against his people. So he said, yes, (laughs) first mistake. Right. But probably it was good money and I don't blame him. Right. But he did this and he worked as a cook and he just chopped vegetables and fruits all day. You know, pretty much it wasn't that big of a deal, but he did that, made money. And then when the American military left, I guess his people started to turn on him. So him and a group of people who had also worked for the military, like freaked out and made a run for the border without any papers, without any money, without anything. And they crossed the Italian border. 
somehow. And I don't know if that means I have to look at a map because it makes no damn sense. The guy's story. And he also has English as like a second or third language. So quite possibly there's some mistranslations, you know, you know, or misunderstanding in the translation. But anyway, for some reason, or I don't even know, I gotta, like I said, gotta look at a map, but maybe he crossed several borders, but he told the story quicker by saying he crossed the Italian border where, and he said that they were horrible rescuers and they threw us in jail (laughs) immediately. I'm like, well, let's see. You're an illegal alien crossing a border without a passport. What did you think was going to happen? And he said, nobody knew this was going to happen. I'm like, everybody knows this is going to happen. This is what happens in every country in which you cross a border illegally. Now, I don't agree with that. I think it's wrong. I think that we're all humans born on earth, that we shouldn't create borders and then make it illegal to walk a couple feet over a random arbitrary line. This is another one of these stupid constructs that we all agree on, like randomly. Why? Why don't we question more this crap? But anyway, so he crosses a border illegally, gets arrested, COVID-19 started, and he ended up in jail, in prison, for 10 months, where he says, quote, I ate one meal in 10 months. I'm like, well, I know you're lying, because I looked it up and sent him an article saying, if the human body does not get any food for 60 days, it will die. I'm like, so you're telling me that for nine months and 29 days, more or less, you did not eat. He said, no. And I'm like, well, what did you do then? He said, I slept a lot and I woke up and had a cigarette every day and I go back to sleep. I'm like for 10 months. And he said, yeah. I'm like, well, were you super fat and used, utilized all the fat in your body? He's like, well, yeah, I was 87 kilograms and now I'm 67 kilograms. Well, I mean, me being American, I don't know what the fuck that means. You know, I know I wasn't 67 pounds, but I mean, anyway, but it but sounds like a lot. A kilogram was like, what, two and a half pounds? I don't even know. But I, I mean, I would believe that, yeah, you'd drop a lot of weight. But And I'm like, well, why? Didn't they feed you? And he said, yeah, they fed us every day Pakistani food and Afghani people don't eat Pakistan food. I'm like, well, then that's your own fault. A, you shouldn't have crossed the border. Okay, A, you shouldn't have worked for Americans. B, you shouldn't have crossed the border. C, you shouldn't have, you know, crossed the border without a passport. That's illegal. And D, you should have eaten the fucking food. Like, everything that happened to you, I don't feel sorry for you because I feel like it was all your fault. Even though I do feel bad for him, but how could you be so... And now he's not thinking clearly or straight. And he's like, I have stomach problems now. I'm like, yeah, you should have eaten the food. You know, it's food. Eat the food. (laughs) He's like, I couldn't because they put too much paprika in their food. I'm like, I don't think they do. But even if they do, you know, that's not bad for you. And why would during a global pandemic, why would you not eat when you're given free food? I was like free room, free board during global pandemic. And they're trying to keep you safe. You know, and it just, it, it makes me feel like the guy's lying, obviously because you can't live without food for, I mean, the average person, I'm like, unless you're an AI or a robot or a clone or like a spiritual master. And this guy doesn't seem like a spiritual master to me, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe he is, it's possible, but it's very, very rare that that is. And it has happened where people have gone for years without eating 
There was a man that just died recently. He had not um, eaten in like 20 or 30 years, you know, and he died of natural causes, old age, but not from malnutrition. In fact, even when the doctors had checked him a year before or six months before, he was not not malnutritioned. You know, so sometimes the miracles do occur and it is okay. And people end up being all right. It's very weird though. I'm just kind of weirded out by that. The conversation was so strange. Anyway, other things that are strange before we get into space weather and all that. Um, And again, God just told me this week, we're taking a break from the card of the day thing. I don't know why, but we are. Um... As I always ask God, what are we going to do today for the show? And today I am going to be channeling Mary Magdalene. And I think she might be talking about uh, Twin Flames today. Because it's 11-11, I guess. And everyone expects talks about Twin Flames, which I love. I mean, 11-11, it does symbolize Twin Flames. But, you know, today's not technically, according to God, the November 11th. It's not even a thing. <laughs> You know, it's not like when the sun started spinning, we shall create November (laughs) and there should be 30 days in November (laughs) because there's 31 days in December. It just, the whole calendar thing, the whole time thing, God never decreed there's going to be 60 seconds in a minute and 60 minutes in an hour. I mean, why is that not the metric system? Why is there not 10 seconds in a minute and 10 minutes in an hour or whatever, or hundred minutes in an hour? It, it just makes it weird to me. And then we lose time every day because that's not perfect either. It's supposed to be a cycle. And another word for cycle is circle and circle is 360 degrees and yada, yada, yada. We could have very much it just as easily made a circle a hundred degrees. You just divide the circle different. <laughs> That's another arbitrary thing. It's just so random. It's all really random. Why is not everything based on 10? We have 10 fingers and 10 toes. I know the metric system is based on tens, but you know, the whole Americans being difficult with the rest of the world and, you know, learning feet and inches versus, you know, grams and milliliters. I don't know. I just, so I don't understand any of the metric system. (laughs) I'm doing grocery shopping for tomorrow again. And it's like, I know I'm going to order the teeniest, tiniest bags of things thinking they're enormous. Or if I end up gaining enormous bags of things, I expect them to be really small because I just don't know it's like (laughs) it said a thousand it sounded enormous it got here and was itty bitty I don't know I don't get it so um what was the other thing oh um yeah while I look for the space weather uh I'm going to tell you guys something really weird so I decided to listen to Edward Sheehan's um Shape of You song because I remember really liking it a few years back and I only heard it a few times. I'm like, oh, whatever happened to that song? I'm going to look it up. And I started to listen to it and the lyrics were different than the first time I heard it, which I was really intent. And I used to listen to it back like three years ago a lot. 
and even the notes of the music sounded different. Halfway through the song, it was the same. This was like another weird Mandela effect. And I've noticed a lot of things are different. Um, shows that I saw a long time ago have a different um, storyline now. Like in Modern Family and, you know, that I've been watching with my kid again. And it's like, we watched this together five, six years ago. And it's like, wow, that's a totally different way than I remember it. Either my brain has been making stuff up or totally Mandela effects. So I want to bring that up because timeline stuff has been really weird lately. It seems like it's timeline stuff to me. All right. So where are we? Spaceweather.com. We check this out every day. Solar wind speed is 329.8 kilometers per second. Uh, we still have uh, AR2781, which is the decaying sunspot. And we're now at a slight threat for C-class solar flares. So yesterday was M-class, I think, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Maybe I hopped to timeline again. And um, we are in the stream of the, nor- the northern torrid fireballs today and tomorrow and there's not a whole lot there's not a lot with this one it's just bits and pieces of the comet um and speaking of comets comet atlas is back remember when we talked about this last year this bright gorgeous blue green turquoise-ish like a turquoise green fireball coming through the world (laughs) the universe It's a green atmosphere. It's huge. It's like, um, what did they say? It's an eighth. I, I don't even know what is the language. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, it's glowing as bright as an eighth magnitude star. It's really bright. It's in the um, the constellation of Orion right now. If you want to see it, it's a gorgeous picture of this massive constellation as well as Comet Atlas on spaceweather.com. It's worth it to take a few moments of your time and go look at, look at it. It's really beautiful. So, okay. Neutron counts coming out of Ulu, Finland were high and that's gone down by 0.1% in the past 48 hours. So we're 9.9% of the space age average. There's a beautiful picture taken of the sunspot. Um, our archipelago they're calling it which is like a series of spots on the sun and a backyard observer took this beautiful picture so you could go check that out too there are no significant corona holes on the earth side uh, part of the sun right now and there are or were 37 fireballs spotted by NASA's all sky cameras and the all sky fireball network 13 were sporadic Six for northern Torrids. One was a northern Omega Orionid. So 37 fireballs on November 11th. I believe today is like, is it Memorial Day? It's something. Or no, I'm sorry. It's Veterans Day. I don't want to get away without saying anything about it. So happy Veterans Day to our veterans and that were in the armed services, especially to my own father, Denzel Allen, who is famous but infamous <laughs> from the Vietnam War. Um, I doubt he'll ever hear me, but I love him very much. And 
wishing him and all veterans Semper Fi to the Marines and happy Veterans Day to all the other veterans. Thank you for your service. So HeartMath Institute has Schumann Resonance's power measured in Hertz frequency. And I'm trying to get to that now. Let me see. Sometimes takes a moment to load this up but okay here we go so Monday November 9th at the 2300 hour this is what was going on as far as Hertz frequency which is cycles per second so whereas amplitude is how much I don't know I don't know what that means how much how uh I'll have to go over this tomorrow we're running out of time But someone's trying to argue with me that amplitude was more than hertz frequency. Usually amplitude goes down when there's more hertz frequency. And they're trying to argue with me that amplitude is more. And amplitude is usually less than hertz frequency. They're in relation, but they're in an inverse relationship with each other. Anyway, hertz frequency of California was 46. And uh, the fifth dimension starts at 40 hertz frequency. And it's an energy. It's it's not like a place so much, um, according to scientists so far. That's the, what, how we understand it right now. Uh, I'm not a scientist. I don't mean we. I don't include myself in those. <laughs> in the scientist group, I, I'm not in that. Anyway, I love science, but I'm not a, a scientist. Hafuf um, Saudi Arabia was at 120 hertz frequency. And Lithuania was at 119 hertz frequency. Alberta, Canada was at 69 hertz frequency. Northland, New Zealand was at 88. There's a nice, see, there's one of those numbers, angel numbers for you. That's more of a portal than a random arbitrary calendar day. Anyway, uh, 88 hertz frequency, Northland, New Zealand. And last but not least, Hulului, South Africa was at 200 and 79 hertz frequency and according to the Schumann resonance of disclosurenews.it coming out of Italy that many people have started calling it the Russian site which is insane because if you don't click the right button the whole website's in Italiano not in Russian so I don't know Anyway, it's power 52 and 49, which is Hertz frequency. When I looked up the amplitude, it was like 30. So it was like really nothing to write home about. So, you know, there's been some really strange and erroneous things out there as far as people going, the amplitude is more, you know, it's more exciting. 32 is not more exciting than 275. It's just not. I, I, I mean, again, is this... The metric system am I missing something <laughs> yeah well quite possibly all right I'm gonna take a quick break guys when I come back I will be channeling the wife of brother Yeshua otherwise known as Jesus's wife or Mary Magdalene right after this message which isn't a message it's just like a nine second music clip since I still don't have a sponsor Pray for me that I get a sponsor. Thank you so much.
All right, guys, I am already connected to Mary Magdalene. And as I have said in all of my other channeling episodes, that I do not channel directly. Uh, Nothing or nobody, no energy takes over my body. I don't open up myself to be taken over like that. So when I say I'm channeling, I'm indirectly channeling via the means of telepathy. I'm not opening up a portal. (laughs) I'm not sending energies out to you guys from a spirit that's random. I don't do that. And most channelers don't, but um, I am protected by love and light. I am protected by Prime Creator. I always have Archangel Michael and my own Holy Guardian Angel at my side. I protect myself fully. I'm mentioning this because uh, one very special listener uh, has been writing to me from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, He actually lives a couple blocks away from where George Floyd was murdered actually so I'm always sending him uh, love and light (laughs) but his roommate said she's um, being affected by the energies of when he's listening to my show and reality check um, she's listening through the walls heard the word channeling and then complained to the landlady that she was affected by his all this channeling thing he's listening to. And it's like, no. Um, if you have spirits or demons or something coming after you, that's because it was happening anyway. It has nothing to do with me. I am an archangel. I am fully protected. My message is protected. And I always send out positive love and light energy. There is downloads and light codes in my voice when Prime Creator wishes it so. (laughs) But I'm not opening up a portal in your house to send demons at you. I'm not even opening up a portal in my own place. So, yeah, this person who's saying that, she's just, she's doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. And she's not taking responsibility spiritually for her own personal demons. And the only reason why a demon would come near you anyway is to needle you, poke you, and prod you until you no longer have that addiction. And in her case, it's an addiction to eavesdropping and not minding her own business and not taking responsibility for herself and blaming others and trying to manipulate and control others. So she'll have a few demons after her for a minute until she learns how to get over all that stuff, just like we all have had to get over all of our own personal demons. Once you're over it, you can walk side by side with legions from hell and they won't affect you because they're only here to help you change and learn and grow and heal. 
because the whole wide world, the whole universe is always 100% conspiring in your favor because it's all created by God. It's all created by the prime creator. During the break, I got a quick little notification saying that the 1111 shift is a big portal and the biggest shift in all of humanity. And I started laughing really hard because I just finished telling you guys my thoughts on 1111. <laughs> I think it's more of a shift and more of a portal when you look at the clock and it says 1111 because that's the moment you looked. Even though time is arbitrary, it's when it is brought to your attention by the universe versus a random day on a calendar when we knew it was going to happen. It's not special or magical. It just is the day after the 10th, which is also random and arbitrary and not divinely ordained that today is the day that will be called 1111. It's Pope Gregory's idea that would make it this. So anyway, I just thought that was funny. I got that notification. I listened to it. It's 15 minutes long from DNA Awakening. And it was a sweet message. It was a, there was actually a very special, this is a YouTube channel, by the way, DNA Awakening YouTube channel. And it says something about it being a massive portal shift, blah, 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 that will end on the 30th of November, another random date. <laughs> which just, it, it always cracks me up when people come up with these dates on the 28th at two o'clock in the afternoon, the portal will be closed. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. I just feel like some of this stuff is, we got to navigate these waters carefully and we have to use our own personal feelings, discernment, use your body. Like where do you, you feel in your body? When I heard that this is a portal, I got like a weird block feeling in my heart and it it had been bothering me all day until I realized, oh yeah, right. It's not true. (laughs) And then I felt liberated and I felt like, okay. And what's weird is on the 9th of November and the 10th, the last two days, I did feel a special energy. Something was opening up and I felt like, wow, something's really happening. And I felt very positive on those days. And it already closed up again, whatever that energy was. I don't know. I I don't want to call it a portal. It it, it was something. I don't know what it was, but it was special and magical. And I rode that wave. And now I'm like down to the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) Not on the crest of the wave. You know, it's just, it's, Today was not a very positive day for me. It wasn't an unpositive day. It was just a very sad and anxiety and depressed filled day, depression filled day. I don't know if I'm feeling it for my neighbors, but definitely my twin flame is going through something. So I spent most of the day just sending him love. I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Am I right? Okay. Mary Magdalene is with me. I do feel her presence in the room with me. And she was the wife of Brother Hish, was she? Yes. I, I, yeah, I'm like, see, in Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, half the time I, my mind is in Spanish these days. And I just got, I just got a, a angel 
right next. This is your holy guardian angel. Yeah. So Mary Magdalene is here and her holy guardian angel is also keeping watch um, to um, my right side. So Mary Magdalene is in front of me. And when she got here, she embraced me. We were um, cousin-in-laws 2,000 years ago um, when I was Jesus's cousin. So we had a, a wonderful short-lived because, you know, we were all traveling in different directions, but short-lived relationship with each other. She was like a really good friend and she was my family. It's the energy I feel from her when she appears. Anyway, so we're going to, without further ado, start the transmission. So are you here? Yes. And muscle testing, of course, I always do that also. Says yes. So... All right, Mary Magdalene, you may begin your transmission now. Greetings, beloved ones. I am Mary Magdalene. And yes, I was married to Yeshua. He is my one and only, my true love, my twin flame. And we are together in heaven, always with each other. And even though he did say there is no marriage in heaven and indeed there is not we don't have the legal systems up here that you have down there we have a different system you might have heard of karmic and and other uh, forms of divine justice Uh, those are systems we have here but that is not what the talk is about today and we but we did want to send that message that We indeed are twin flames, always together, pretty much inseparable now that we've already lived our lives on earth and we're now back in the divine heavenly realms again. And so we're not really married per se, which means we could come and go as we please into each other's lives. But we always choose and always wish to be at each other's side. And we work together to help people here in the heavenly realms, as well as those of you who say prayers to us or ask us for advice or help, or just to ask us to be there with you as you go through various uh, parts of your life, which we are obliged to do we love to spend moments and time with you and any time that we can say prayers for you we jump and leap at the chance at helping make your life that much easier and that much brighter in those moments we wanted to thank you both of us wish to thank you for your devotion and your love for those of you who do remember us in your prayers and do ask us for help and she's saying okay uh she's saying uh, also i as mary magdalene i do not get as many requests or prayers as yeshua usually spoken as the word jesus uh does he gets 
requests and um, prayers all day long. And so we, after 2,000 plus years, are grateful to know that he is still remembered. And of course, we're aware of the religion that was built up in his name that he himself did not build up in his lifetime. But we're aware of it and actually quite surprised that that happened. And we... In those days when we walked the earth, we were just trying to get the message across of peace and love and joy and all that could be had when you listen to the God within and you heed the words that directly come to you from the God without, which is still the same God. You are a part of the divine creator, the prime creator. She's saying the prime creator, as Elena puts it, but she wants to say the divine or divine creator is her word for it. So that's okay. Go ahead. You can use your words. Everyone understands. She says, okay, good. (laughs) So she's saying you you never really know when you're speaking to people. You want to make sure that your words come across as the most accepted words and the most um, compassionate way of using those words will help the most amount of people. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm guilty of doing the least compassionate words sometimes because I get frustrated <laughs> and impatient. <laughs> and I think it might be partly um, the mild autistic tendencies I have as well sometimes. <laughs> Makes me impatient. But, okay. So, so uh, the, the greater topic for today's talk, one of the reasons, or big reasons I came today to start this conversation was that many of you are very worried that you will never have or or experience the love with your twin flame. Many of you do not have an incarnate twin flame on earth now at this time however many of you do most of you don't but if you are in the small group on earth that currently has an incarnate twin flame my twin flame Yeshua and myself would like to verily say unto you that there is nothing there is no thing there are no words no energies no blocks nothing that can ever in a million years or a million lifetimes or the birth and death of a million universes 
There is nothing that can stop the freight train of love that exists between twin flames. If it is meant to be, heaven and earth, of course, will be moved in your favor. And nothing is impossible unto the Lord your God. There is nothing that is impossible. You might not know each other. You might not walk in the same circles. You might not have any access to one another. You might come from vastly different worlds in your social structures or in, you know, separation by countries or socioeconomic status or by families or maybe one of you is royalty and one of you is a pauper. (laughs) No matter the circumstance between you and your twin flame, your true twin flame and you cannot ever be stopped from happening as a couple that meets in real life. If it is heaven's will, there's nothing that can stop the meeting from taking place. There's nothing that can stop the relationship from taking place unless one or both of you are too immature to receive such a great and intense love at this time. And if that's the case, in time as you grow and mature, you will grow towards each other again. But there is really and truly no separation between you and your twin flame ever you share a higher self you share energy signatures wow I did not know that oh she's showing me something she says of course you do now she's showing me an image of like a golden infinity symbol. And if you're going to use the tip, the typical, um, blue and pink, think of a golden infinity symbol, she says, and imagine it's at first, it's like a loop. So it's just like an, uh, a long skinny O shape. Imagine it's like gold, like a gold necklace or something, or just, um, like a solid gold, like a a O shape. And then you twist it once and now it becomes an infinity shape and you fill in one of the bubbles with pink and one of the bubbles with blue to represent divine feminine and divine masculine. And she says that's, it's like, there's that link. It's like a golden link between you and your divine counterpart. And yeah, she's saying she sees it in my mind where I'm thinking 
let's not make this heteronormative. <laughs> and she says she's speaking strictly in terms and in cases of um, energetic signatures, not physical bodies. So this goes beyond heterosexuality. This goes beyond um, how you identify as your gender. This is just the energy signature of divine masculine and feminine energies. And she's saying, like what I said yesterday, basically you can be two women or two men or two um, non-binary asexual beings. It doesn't matter physically what your body looks like, but the energy signature that your soul holds. And you are like two sides of the same coin. One of you is the divine feminine, regardless of your body. One of you is a divine masculine, regardless of what your physical body looks like. So she's just, she, she just gave me this image just so that we can understand it a little bit. And she's showing me that. Okay. So when you look at this image and it's like, say like a golden circle, and then it's been, um, twisted in the middle. And then what happens is in that circle is the combined energy of the two of you. Then you turn that circle and now it's two separate parts, one pink, one blue. And she's just saying this just for simplification. It's not literally what it is. Okay. It's just a metaphor for this. And I I guess I'm, I'm really good at receiving metaphors apparently. So that's what she just said. All right. So you go along your lifetimes. If you're the divine masculine and you just develop yourself and you develop the blue side of the equation. And one day you know you're going to become purple again. <laughs> you know, because you know, blue and pink make purple, right? Or lavender, whatever you want to call it. So if you are the divine feminine, same thing. You just go about your business doing your things that you need to do to perfect your soul, to feel the masculine and feminine energies in blended harmony inside of you so that you feel 100% whole and complete and new to and true to you. And when he feels it, when she feels it, or they feel it, you know, the he being the divine masculine energy and the divine feminine energy, when they feel hundred percent safe and solid and on positive grounds that they can move free and about their world a hundred percent on their own without the energetic um, feelings of neediness towards a relationship with just feeling that sovereign power, that empowerment that comes along with spiritual 
and emotional maturity. Once you've built yourself up as possible, as much as possible, and you embrace both the divine and I mean, phys, um, both the divine masculine, feminine within inside of you, and you embrace both of those sides inside you and you feel good. Then what happens is she's showing me now like, um, an energy of white kind of, um, embracing that section of the infinity symbol. And it's like a white light that impermeates. So if you're in the divine feminine part and imagine it's pink and then it's almost like you get a white envelope that shrouds you. She's saying the word shroud and it, it shrouds you and comforts you and protects you. And it, you start to bright, your light starts to shine so bright, so white hot that it will affect the center of that twist in the, um, infinity symbol, if you will. And again, this is just a metaphor, not actually what happens. And then when your divine counterpart is matching you energy per energy, moment by moment, your counterpart goes through either the same thing or the mirrored opposite thing. And that goes back and forth and that fluctuates. That's the part that's real, but they've built themselves up too. And then the energy of the white light will shroud them as well. And then you meet in the middle and the more your connection grows, imagine that that infinity symbol starts to unravel again and it opens up. And as it opens up, it becomes like that zero again, or that Oh, again, if you will, or the whole, um, W H O L E instead of parts of the whole, the whole and your energy and their energy will blend. And if in, you want to continue with the metaphor, it becomes like a purple energy swirling and the feminine and the masculine energy inside you blends with the feminine and the masculine energy inside your divine counterpart. And it becomes harmonious. So you balance it within yourselves and then you balance these energies within the relationship together and everything achieves that equilibrium, that complete and total balance that you have for lifetimes been seeking in and of yourself. And now you're finding it without. And the message of this is you bring the energy that's within you and you push it to the outside world. You will physically see it in the outside world once you've manifested it inside you which is precisely why it takes all of your lifetimes to find your divine counterpart. It's precisely why most people never incarnate with your, their counterpart. Either they're not ready or that's not their journey. If it's not their journey, it does not mean that you're spiritually immature. It means that you are perfectly 
capable to live without that kind of love in this realm that you have a different purpose and there is no judgment of this because the the twin flame journey is quite hard and very frustrating most people opt out of it just as most, most people opt out of spending multiple lifetimes on earth because it is very hard and those of you who have been here many 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 lifetimes you are to be commended by the way okay so okay and so she's saying once the energies are blended the masculine feminine energies are blended once again you both become uh, surrounded or in inside a white shroud of energy again and she likes the idea of a shroud like a, 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 a she's showing it to me it's like um a sheet or a covering that's very light that allows light to penetrate and yet no one can see underneath the surface it's almost like you and your twin counterpart have an energy field like a force field around you and that is something that takes place when you get together and when you completely uh, encapsulate yourselves inside that deep powerful forever and abiding love once you fully commit to each other you become encapsulated in a very powerful force field of energy and all the love you feel radiates outward from this encapsulated energy that's like a very strong instead of a shroud it becomes almost like a solid thing it becomes very um, people who are sensitive to energy will feel this a mile away as they say in your world but it's very powerful this energy and you will feel invincible if you keep nourishing your relationship and nourishing the trust and the faith between you and you both commit to something outside of yourselves in a way that will benefit your world your community etc so if you decide to take up a cause and you want to end poverty in families with children or you want to stop hunger in the world or whatever the situation is that you're interested in helping and healing it seems like your energy bonds become so strong that it encapsulates you in more and more protective layers as you go out into the world helping people you shine brighter and brighter and brighter and if you've ever seen the energy of people who are in love and working towards a common goal no matter what that goal is and they're working together maybe not every day but several times a week you're gonna start to feel their energy 
the power of it. And it's going to bring you hope and joy and love to your heart because it will bring you an example of what is possible. And she's showing me that there are some couples in the world that are not twin flames and they, she's showing me specifically one couple, there's a guy giving out dating advice and some of it looked interesting. So I subscribed for a minute to the channel and when he and his girlfriend got on, on Valentine's day to keep people company who were single, you know, it's this channel for women. And I felt really emotionally uncomfortable with that because they're all lovey dovey hugging and holding hands and always kissing every few minutes. They're completely kissing and then they're advertising their own stuff so that you could get achieve or draw to yourself a love relationship. And I felt really weird with that. And she's showing me this example right now. So what, what about that? She said, you can tell that they're not twin flames. They might be soulmates or best friends and they're definitely in a relationship, but if they had been twin flames, their presence would have brought you comfort. Their presence would have brought you joy and hope for your situation in your life. And there have been many people claiming now, even though in, in she's saying, even though those people in particular did not claim that they're even soulmates, let alone twin flames, they're just in a relationship. That's it. And they're happy in love, but they didn't claim anything, but the energy of what they made you feel is a clue that they're not really what you might think of as twin flames or even soulmates be and they're probably just like karma tie mates <laughs> unless they've dropped their karma and then now they're just new people to each other they're new to each other starting a relationship and and having fun and wanting to help others that's it but when you are highly intuitive and you're highly um, in tune with energies around you and you come across people who say they are twin flames and you feel like a flame that gets sparked and energy in your own heart gets sparked and your aura might grow a little brighter and your love capacity grows ever so slightly bigger in the presence of actual twin flames whether they know it or not, you're going to feel that charisma between them that it raises up. And, and she says, don't confuse that with sexual energy charisma, but <clears throat> like a charismatic sense of Kundalini that raises up, 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 up through all the chakras. And it comes down around them like a fountain and that energy surrounds and builds up so strongly in twin flames that you almost feel like maybe you're having a bad day and you come into the presence of twin flames that found each other, loved and accepted each other. And they're in a relationship together, working towards a common goal together. 
you feel that energy of actual twin flames it will bring a glowing energy to your heart it will bring a smile to your face and it will bring order out of the chaotic thoughts in your brain just to be in their presence and it will shift and change you in subtle energy ways that you had no idea that you needed shifting or changing in so when you are in the presence of people who are fooling themselves and they don't know how to discern the energy and they say they're twin flames and they're using this as a way to promote something you'll feel it in your body and you'll feel she's showing me my own word icky feels icky energetically it feels she now she's saying chaotic or unbalanced and it might feel like a lie and it will feel and even though what they're saying sounds right and even though they look right and everything looks on the surface to be right when you come into the presence of people who claim to be twin flames and are not that when they say those words we are twin flames and we know better than you and we are here to help you get what you want you know or whatever it is that they're saying when they say those words we are twin flames usually you're going to feel it in the bottom part of your heart or the upper part of your uh, third chakra and it's going to feel like a a, a dull ache or a, a sh- start sharp stabbing feeling and it's going to be feeling like a pain it's it's a pain in the aura or the chakras and you just feel like something's off something's not quite right and we would like to say to you it is important to understand that when you feel in your body something not right when you feel like a block go up or a shield energy blocking you from something like you want to take a step forward and you keep planning on it and things keep getting in your way because the universe your higher self is blocking you from that it's not blocking you from a blessing it's blocking you from a sidestepping of a blessing that that's a roadblock to your success so anytime you feel a, a pang and you cannot finish a video i mean it Yeah, she's showing me that some people that are extremely sensitive to energy and also very close to meeting their twin flame, when they see the presence of people lying about being twin flames, they might even get violently ill, so much so they have to leave the room. And if it's like a video, for example, they they'll either shut it off or just delete it because they can't stand the energy of the false claims. It's like really wild. I've never heard of this before. I don't know if you guys have, but this is kind of crazy. So she wants to move on to another topic. At this time, heaven is overseeing that as many twin flames are finding their way back to each other as possible, as many as possible right now. This is the beginning of what 
you will look back upon and call the golden era age. And this is how it starts with the completion of the 144,000 pairs of twin flames meeting, being together, starting relationships and starting to walk side by side forward in life to help some aspect of of the human community or the human family, if you will. This is a time in which those of you who know you're incarnate together, you're going to start being able to find each other, meet each other, and be together starting this month. And this will continue on. We will keep informing you. And these messages will keep coming until all of the divine counterparts have fully found each other in the physical. Okay, so anything else? She's saying, we would love to be able to give you an exact date by which you will have found your twin flame, but because all the journeys are individual and the guidelines we give are very loose, you can loose and interpreted loosely. We just wanted you to know that if you don't hear from your sweetheart by the 21st of May, 2021, that's it. Forget it. That's all she wrote. She's never coming around. He's never coming around. That's not what we mean to say ever. So if you've been given a rough estimation, like May to June, and she's kind of pointing at me like I did feel that that might be the case. But again, it's never set in stone. And individuals are individuals, and that's true. That's what she's kind of saying. (laughs) She's kind of smiling and laughing a little bit. She's like, yes, exactly. Um, So. All right. So you're going to meet your counterpart. When they are good and ready and you are good and ready. And your lights will shine so bright for one another that it will be a beacon unto the night. It will light your whole world up when you meet you're never going to walk past each other in a crowd and miss each other many of you have been worried about that what if you already saw him or her and it's all over now because you didn't recognize each other and we are here to say to you that this is never going to happen don't worry if you think somebody is your twin flame and they decide to go off and start a relationship with somebody else and they fall in love with that somebody else they're not your real true true twin flame so for those of you who are out there incarnate as the twin flame your I don't know what she's showing me she's showing me like a correspondence or something She's showing me like a man, an outline of a man, like a drawing of a man 
It's like a 3D, like almost like a modeled man. And she's showing me that. So the man's standing there. He has all of his layers, mental body, emotional body, all that. His Pepsi and his chakras and his, you know, auras and everything. And that's how we interact with our world in a multidimensional ways through all of these means. So she's showing me these. And then she's showing me that when a divine counterpart meets the other half of themselves, when the, the higher self brings them together and they are in close proximity and they recognize each other, she's showing me that it's almost like an extra thing beyond the chakras and the auras, that almost like another chakra or another um, aura but it's like this massive white energy and it's almost like a massive um, wall of energy it's all I can imagine it's like one or two feet thick once you have met and you know who each other you know who you are who they are you recognize each other and then this happens the more you spend time together it's a very very thick um, like aura but it's a protective layer and it's something that does happen and it does not happen in, in soulmate relationships or regular relationships it only happens in the tw twin flame relationships and again, she's saying it will happen to you for sure when you go to heaven and when you meet your divine counterpart in heaven if you were not incarnate together at this time. But even in heaven, you'll glow so bright. And she says, in heaven, you can tell the couples. It's almost like there's a, a heart above their head, above their heads. And they're like conjoined almost. Not, not not like conjoined twins necessarily, but their blending of their energies make a massive, um, almost like a glowing ball of white light. And everybody in heaven does have a twin flame. But when you're an immature soul or you haven't had enough lifetimes on earth or you didn't learn enough, spiritual lessons in heaven or whatever um, sometimes the twin flames don't really uh, um, gel or meet up yet like in the case of like new souls so that's interesting and so souls learn and grow in heaven even when they're not incarnate here oh yes that's correct they just learn in a different way and it is slower it can take thousands of years um in heaven to learn what each one of you learns in a lifetime in one lifetime wow and why is that she says because in spite of all odds you always make it all of you will always make it so that's her second message for the night which is just um, honor yourself work on yourself don't focus on your twin counterpart. Just send them love, send them light, and have faith completely in them that they will 100% um, 
do what they need to do. So. All right, so anything else? I don't know. There's something weird that's happening. I don't know what that means. I saw Cliff with falling boulders, and she said, watch out for falling boulders. So what does that mean? And she's kind of laughing. She's like, or you can call them whoppers or lies. Some of you call them lies. So she's saying, watch out for, you know. um... (laughs) Okay, so she's giving me another metaphor now. Watch out for uh, falling boulders in your path. Or, um... And she's saying this is in the form of spiritual gurus or teachers that like to teach about twin flames. She says there's a few out there that are real, but the greater majority of them might not even be twin flames. They just mistake their soulmate for their twin. Yeah. She's saying you'll get a lot of those that will be like one person in the relationship posting stuff publicly all the time. We're twin flames this, we're twin flames that. We're going to have this workshop, it's $100, yada, yada, yada. And <laughs> and, and if you feel a gut instinct uh, energy that, no, they're not who they say they are. That might be what would be considered to be a falling boulder. You know, like when they're giving false advice or erroneous information based on their relationship and they're not even twin flames. So she's saying, put a wall up or a shield around you, a pure white light. And some of you might want to just call it your bullshit detector. Some of you who don't like those words, you can say they're your discernment tools or your discernment shield. And anytime anyone says anything in the spiritual community that doesn't quite sit right with you, it will activate like this shield, like it's an alarm. If you, if you imagine this to be true, then you're going to start utilizing this tool. And every time a spiritual teacher or guru or somebody who wants you to follow them says something that's not real. You will feel that in your outer shell, energetically speaking. So when this goes off, you're going to go, oh, well, that's not true. And she says, and and there's, there's nothing wrong with so many people throwing their hats in the ring, as it were, trying to promote themselves as a spiritual guru guru or a spiritual teacher um, because everybody has something to teach us and everybody is special and wonderful and loved and made from pure love in the eyes of God of course but the information quality of information is not equal to every person putting information out there So use this discernment tool to help you navigate the sometimes muddy waters of the spiritual community. 
so all right that makes sense all right so she's kind of showing me she's showing me like the Trump Biden election as another metaphor and she's saying that some people resonate with one side some people resonate with the other side and in a way it's two sides of the same coin but you're going to resonate with one side or the other over the other one and not necessarily in politics but in other things as well so you might come across a situation where one person will say um, this is a portal another person will come along and say portals don't exist but they're both speaking about portals for example so whatever pings your bullshit detector or your um, outer discernment tool then that is something you don't need to pay attention to but if you listen to something and it feels like your heart is growing and glowing and your mind is expanding and your overall spiritual energy is increasing and you feel like suddenly a rush of energy like you want to get up and dance when you're hearing certain messages then those are the people that are spewing and speaking the truth and those are people you want to pay attention to but even saying that nothing but nothing can take place take the place of your own internal wisdom and your own higher self and your prime creator so always ask always pray ask for signs ask for symbols ask for help and guidance from true twin flames if you're indeed on that journey and if you're not and your twin is in the other realms right now just know that that person's always loving you and looking down upon you always either way no matter where you're at or what you chose for this life in the end you're going to end up with your one true love the other half of yourself and that's it and she's saying also this is the only relationship that's earned by spiritual growth I'm going to say that again. Twin flame relationships are the only relationship that is earned by spiritual growth and maturity. And, and what she's showing me is soulmate relationships create the opportunity for spiritual growth and maturity and they're every bit as welcomed and honored in heaven as a twin flame relationships that's good to know so basically look at it again two sides of the same coin really quick and then this is the end <laughs> the um, soulmate relationships set you up for spiritual growth and maturity by trial and error by working through karma by working through various issues together 
and then when you're fully spiritually mature and have grown up enough and when you're ready and if your twin flame is incarnate right now that will take place as a relationship not always romantic but you'll meet in real life when you're both are spiritually mature and have grown enough and you have earned the right to be incarnate together and either way all the relationships are inevitable that are meant for your highest good all of it's for your highest good stop worrying because you cannot stop this train if you're meant to meet your twin flame I am Mary Magdalene brother Yeshua and I love you very very much we are always with those of you who ask for our presence who ask for our insight and wisdom and advice we are not incarnate on earth right now we are in the heavenly realms always offering love and insight and advice and channeling through those of you who channel and we're always available if you want to have a communion energy with us you may request God to help you with this or your higher self and we will always be there with you you can ask us to pray for you and we will we love you with all of our hearts we consider all of you to be our spiritual family and so it is we offer our blessings and our love to you forever and forever and that's the end thank you mother uh, Mary Magdalene she says no problem I'm grateful to be of service to all of humanity through these uh, moments with you thank you me too I love you she says I love you and I love all of you and that's the end that's the end and transmission now well I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of metaphysical soul speak the podcast I hope that um, you learned something I kind of started to go into deep trance there for a few minutes so hopefully it is coherent <laughs> anyway that's it for now I will be back uh, tomorrow with all unique and original programming just like always and in the meantime if you could like favorite forward and, and subscribe whatever it's called send it to other people tell other people about metaphysical soul speak the podcast it will help me out and help the show keep going so thank you for that and that's it that's it that's all she wrote for now so without further ado <laughs> i'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension until next time guys peace Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. 
This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.